What do we do? A podcast discussing wealth management and financial planning, and also introducing listeners to the leaders in our community. Hosted by the founder and CEO of Great Lakes Wealth, Dewey Steffen, alongside radio personality, Kyle Bogie. Hi, I'm Dewey Steffen. Our goal with the What Do We Do podcast is to educate listeners on topics that impact your financial growth, your retirement, and your lifestyle. Join us twice a month as we welcome some of today's leaders in the community, plus experts in finance and retirement, to inform listeners on the topics that impact us all. These conversations can help you make better decisions so you can plan for and live your best life. Here's Dewey Steffen alongside Kyle Bogey. Well, here we go. Episode 36 of the What Do We Do podcast. Kyle Bogey, Dewey Stefan here at Great Lakes Wealth. And, uh, you know, Dewey, this is going to be the third guest episode on the What Do We Do podcast. Uh, should be exciting. The first two guests were simply fantastic. Should be a great conversation. There's no pressure on these guys today, Kyle. <laughs> the first two were fantastic. And as we always say, we're just getting started. The guests we have today are amazing. Their story is so raw. It's so real. And as you know, this podcast is about community. And these guys are just pillars in the community. But because they roll up their sleeves and they go to work every day, I mean, we're excited to have them here. And I, I want you to introduce them and give them the respect they deserve. Well, the best part is we had two guests over two episodes to start 2021. Now we're bringing in two guests on one episode here, uh, the What Do We Do podcast, and that is the uh, the Tomey brothers of the Tomey group. We got Anthony on the mic right now. We got Michael right next to him, and uh, we look forward to chatting with him as well. But uh, certainly a, a lot to dive into. You guys do a little bit of everything. You know, certainly Jimmy John's is kind of uh, uh, the vehicle that, that kind of drives everything that you're involved in. Um, and we certainly want to get into your new baby, the new venture, uh, 8 Mile Vodka and everything that's going on there. But I, I guess for starters, uh, Anthony, appreciate you joining us. Thanks uh, for having uh, me. Absolutely. Um, you know, we certainly want to have a, a good conversation here. There's a lot to dive into. And I, I guess we can kind of go back and start from the beginning, if you will. And I'm fascinated just because taking a look at the website and just obviously we have a relationship. We've known you you guys. Um, how the Jimmy John's thing kind of came to be, because it, it really is a little bit serendipitous how that story kind of started. Yeah, it was uh, very random, very random. <laughs> so, my, you know, my father, um, you know, he was he did well. He was like a CFO for a company's tier one companies that, uh, you know, supplied you know, parts for Ford, Chrysler, you know, GM, all that stuff. He did well, you know, nothing spectacular, but just he's a human uh, calculator, this guy. And, uh, you know, they were kind of eh, kind of forcing him out a little bit. Like, hey, you're getting a little older. The owner's son was trying to come through. Things were going on. And uh, I had just uh, been drafted by the Detroit Tigers. And uh, we decided, hey, you know, let's go do something. And my dad being typical Arabs, like, hey, let's, let's open a gas station. We're like, no, we're not going to do that. Uh, nothing 24 hours. See if we don't want to do that kind of thing. And he's like, how about like Subway? And I said, listen, I used to eat Jimmy John's in college, and there are none in the suburbs. And so my uncle, who is my dad's brother, he owned a landscaping company, you know, made decent money, but working six days a week, 6 a.m. to 9 p.m. every single day, labor, hard labor. And we're like, hey, let's go do this. And uh, so, yeah, we tried it out. Made it happen, and 
you know, we just kept on working and working at it, and we had store one. Anthony, so what year? Did, what year did this all? Two thousand. We opened two thousand three, August of two thousand three. Okay, yep. fantastic. Yep. And then, uh, you know, I came home from from baseball that summer after that that whole year, and uh, I started working in the stores immediately. Um, you know, our sister was at Michigan State. Um, Michael, my brother, he was still in high school at that point, and we're eight year difference between us. So we're just working, doing everything we got to do. And then we just started opening store two and then store three and then boom, boom, boom. Today we're at 50. Wow. Fantastic. <laughs> so kind of just a crazy story just built on never had restaurant experience, never did anything like that. Um, just, you know, kids just, I like Jimmy John thought it tastes pretty good and, and thought, hey, let's buy this. See did, what happens. Did they make it, the Jimmy John organization, make it easy enough and simple enough to run a franchise for them? Or did you have to learn as you went through the whole process there? How did that uh How'd that work? No, actually, you know what? They do a really good job of putting it plain in. in if you can read, you're in. You know, like, <laughs> you just got to follow the steps all the way through. They'll tell you how to even clean, like how to do this. This is what you do. These are what you clean every day. This, These five things this day, the next five days, you know, th- all the way through. So they really make it pretty, pretty easy. Once you learn the sandwiches, it's really easy. But it's a very fast-paced thing. And we got in it right at the beginning. If we wait another year, maybe we probably wouldn't have gotten the territory that we do have today, because um, it got really kind of hot about 2005, probably. But we kind of surrounded ourselves in like a big box, bought the areas, and then we just got really lucky and then started moving around all over the place. And then by 2000, and I retired in 2008 from baseball. We had four stores, and then by 2018 we had 24, <laughs> and then we're like, hey, let's go buy this other guy out, and we doubled the company overnight. And Went to 50 stores in 2019. Wow. So, yeah, pretty nuts. A, a pretty significant athlete component on this podcast, especially with the guest. Darren McCarty was the first guest here on the uh, the What Do We Do podcast. So before we kind of discuss a little bit more about the Jimmy John's journey and the, the rapid growth, especially over the last three years, I mean, <laughs> yeah. that, that's absolutely amazing to just simply double uh, what you guys are doing. But um, you did play in the Detroit Tigers organization. Just if you could talk about that journey, what that was like, and, you know, how close you felt like to really turning that into a, a big league career potentially over the years. Yeah, I mean, it, it was an amazing experience. I, yeah. will, I wouldn't trade it for anything. I would do it for free. <laughs> if you didn't tell me, like, listen, we're not going to pay you at all. Do you want to come play baseball? But yes, that sounds amazing. Um, you know, the people I met, the guys I met through this whole thing, uh, the maturity process that happened, you know, like when you get there, you, you don't realize how big a difference if the kids between the kids that went to high school and, and were drafted and went and played. And the guys went to college and played. There's a huge gap. I mean, going to college is really a pretty awesome thing just to grow up as a real person, you know. Um, but, yeah, it was, it was really good. I, I had a really good career. I never had a three-year RA my entire career. I was a starter in the beginning. Then they found out how weird I threw. And <laughs> I just started, you know, put me in the bullpen. And I did really, really well in the bullpen. And uh, 2008 was my, 2007 was my year. I really had a great year. I finished with a 1.9 ERA led the league in double-A AA and triple-A, and I was sitting there, and I get a call from Jeff Jones, who was the pitching coach, and mm-hmm. he was my pitching coach in high school. Like He used to do lessons with them, and he's like, listen, you know, Tommy, when we're going to bring you up, what well, we want to. I said, oh, okay, fine. You know, that, I guess. I'll, I'll do it. I'll, I'll do it, I guess. <laughs> Twist my arm. And he said, you know, you know, Skip and I, Jim Leland, Skip and I really wanted to come, want you to come up, but uh, Dombrowski said no. I said, why? He's like, oh, well – you don't throw hard enough for him. 
and he wants only a 95 plus out of the bullpen. That's when he had Zumaya and Perry. of course, yeah, all these guys getting smoked, but they're there. They can light the gun up, you know, all they want. But they're getting hit every day. But, but it was the straightest ball you could. Oh, there was no late action. Nothing. There was no movement. Nothing. To I it. can't throw a straight ball. Like you could ask Michael. I play catch with Michael in the backyard, and it just go, just hits you in the face. You look like an idiot. Like it's a bad. I just don't throw the ball straight, and which is the key to pitching, really. Um, but. You know, after a while, I just said, you know, I came back in 2008, and I was like, I had a good year again, and uh, they're like, yeah, we, we love you. We're not going to trade you. We're not going to put you anywhere, um, but we don't. But you're not going to come up. Like, <laughs> All right, thanks. I'll go make sandwiches. We'll call it a day. <laughs> <laughs> we'll call it a day, and it was a great career. I had a lot of fun with it, and like I said, I still have great friends through the whole thing, and um, a lot of, you know, it's funny how, like, it all kind of, Used to always, people were always making fun of me. Like, what are you doing with this, Jimmy John's? Like, what's going on? Like, why do you, why do you have this? Like, you're always on the computer, always doing stuff. And I'm like, it'll be good for me, I think, at the end of the day. And now you get those guys. I have three guys that actually play ball with me that are franchisees of Jimmy John's. Donnie Kelly, baby, is a was a franchisee. He just he, he sold his store, but he, I got him into it in Pennsylvania, helped him out. Uh, a lot of people are starting to, you know, get some momentum with it, and it took off. I mean, obviously, I've made a lot more money in sandwiches than baseball so uh <laughs> talk about 2008 2009 so hindsight 2020 uh, that was the financial crisis in america right so at the time you probably thought things are going to be fine this is okay going to you know transition but i imagine that it turned out to be either the opportunity of a lifetime for maybe you can talk about or it was uh, twice the struggle you thought out of the gate it was tough. I mean, we had four stores open at that point, and we had just opened. Literally, November 1st, we opened up our fifth store on uh, 14 Mile and Haggerty up there. And the next day, everything went to the, you know, to the, to a bad place. Everything went down. <laughs> like, it was literally immediately. And we were like, man, what are we doing? What's going to happen? All this. And we just worked really, really hard. We were working all day, every day. We were to say, hey, listen, only use two pieces of paper when you wipe your hands out of three. And just, you know, cutting corners everywhere we can to make it happen. And we ended up surviving it. And then 2009 was a decent year. And then, boom, 2010, 2015, every year we double-digit comped. Every, we were just killing it, killing it. And we just kept on building. We were building two or three stores a year, just going and going. That's kind of how we really took off. And uh, we, you know, we owe that to ourselves for working hard. But our dad, our dad was just, he's a... Super, 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 super conservative, money wise person, and he'd never let us spend money. Never let us like. He's like, listen, we're, you know, we're poor. We can't do anything. We can't do anything. I'm like, okay, okay, we won't do anything, you know. But we're just magically building stores for 500 grand a pop, you know. Like, but he just he knew how to do things, and he taught us how to do it the way we do things, and that's how we were able to buy these, uh, you know, these other stores. The banks were just giving us money. We only had what 800 grand in debt from our original 24 stores, which is pretty ridiculous, to tell you the truth, for how much other people we see. And so we've used, we've learned to use our money uh, in a different way. A lot of people like to have a lot of debt. My dad really hates debt. So he just kind of taught us how to do things. Now we're learning how to do both ways. Now we're learning how to utilize our money and let it work for us. And uh, so it was it was a great experience. Um, we're glad we did it. And we're still to this, you know, this day still working in store. We literally make sandwiches three to four days a week. <laughs> we try not to do sometimes, but we're, we're like, okay, we're good. We're staffed. And then all 20 minutes later, they're going to call, hey, we're getting smoked. We need help. 
<laughs> Can you talk about last year? Again, 2008, 2009, was it eerily similar to the COVID-19 uh, pandemic uh, last year? Or did you use some of what you learned before to survive that? Or was it a whole different set of circumstances? I mean, you know, everything was uh, shut in the country for three months, right? It was uh, It was a little different. Uh, we We definitely worked really hard. I mean, really, really hard. But this was like it was an invisible thing. We don't we don't know how to stop it. We don't know where it was. In the beginning, we were all very scared. If you touch the surface, if you touch a tomato, maybe everyone's going to get it. Shut the whole place down. Everyone's going to die. Game over. You know. And so we were very very scared in the beginning. Um, we ended up closing. I was every day for the first week. I think we were just. I would sit in the office and I would just wait. I would refresh, refresh, refresh all the numbers and seeing what the sales are. And by 2.30, okay, we'll close this door, this door, this door, this door, because it was so bad. And this door will stay open. Maybe they're doing okay. We'll figure it out. And then we just said, we're going to close it for six weeks or until we get, hopefully, the PPP money. Um, so we did. We closed for six weeks, and it was tough. And during those six weeks, Michael and I were going in and making food for all these. We had a ton of food. Mm-hmm. We couldn't let it sit there. So we were making tons of food for all these hospitals. And people saw we were posting on our social media. People reaching out, hey, if I give you a thousand, can you go feed this hospital? If you give you a thousand, can I go feed this hospital? We're like, sure, we'll do it. And we literally worked every single day, so we never really had a break, but we didn't bring our employees back. Um, and then we had, we had over about almost eight hundred employees, and then when we came back from COVID. We currently had about five hundred and twenty. <laughs> Nobody wanted to work, and then it was, was the hardest part of our life. We really worked all day every day for six months straight, delivery driving, making sandwiches opening stores, doing whatever we had to do to make it work. We didn't cut anybody's salary. We didn't do anything. We just didn't take any money. Um, and we were prepared to take them the whole year not making any money. And thankfully, that wasn't the, the case. And we ended up doing respectably well for the circumstances. So The, the fascinating part to me, and we've talked to, uh, you know, with both you guys about this, is, uh, you know, it, delivering sandwiches. And, you know, if somebody <laughs> calls in sick or somebody doesn't want to come back to work or whatever it was, and you guys are, are pulling up in your, uh, you know, the nice vehicle and all that and dropping off sandwiches. But I, I love that, though, because you're, you're willing to do whatever it takes to just stay afloat, make things happen, and, and get stuff done. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's funny to see people laugh at us all the time. Some weird like, looks, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we, we, we both uh, are very blessed. We, we both drive Escalades, and we look like the biggest idiots. <laughs> People are like, can I, can I come work at Jimmy John's? Like, yes, we'd love for you to come work at Jimmy John's. Uh, you know, we're not the traditional looking uh, delivery driver either. We, we clean shaven, we smell nice. You know, we come in and, and do it the right way. And people just look at us like, some people don't even tip you. Like, ah, I need this more than you do, obviously. And so they don't even tip you. Not that we're taking tips, but you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just, it's funny, but we'll do whatever we got to do. It's either mm-hmm. that or just going to wait in the store for an hour and we're going to get a customer complaint. So we'll go take it ourselves. And, uh, we make it happen. Like we're physically, we're there's probably no one better than us physically at Jimmy John's. It's not like a, it's not really an accomplishment, you know. But we're really pretty good at this, and uh, I think that really helps us in our business. Is that if the manager comes in and says, I'm, "I'm good, I can do this, this," I go, "Well, listen, I can do this better than you, so I need you to learn how to do it this way." Or trust me, I know how to cut your inventory. I know how to cut your labor. I'm not gonna just yell at you to cut five people from your shift. Cut it like this. This is how you do it because I know how to do it. And I think it really helps us in uh, getting them to buy into the way we do things. One more for you, and then I want to bring uh, Michael in because there's certainly a lot of other things that we can discuss with him as well. But, um, you know, for some people, 
I guess your your career path is you go and get a job, you work for the man or, or woman, you know, whatever it may be, and you get your paycheck every two weeks and you just you're in the system and you're just going and all that. But when you are a business owner, there is a very different, you know, I guess, sense. You have to be a self-starter. There's all these other things. So I guess for you and, you know, maybe the Tommy Group in general, how did you kind of develop, you know, Jimmy John's isn't the only thing that you guys do. So how did you, yeah. along that process, maybe it was your dad, other, you know, other people become business people? You know what I mean? Along yeah, those lines sure. over the years. For sure. Um, Not just Jimmy John's people, if that makes sense. You know, we, we discuss a lot. Obviously, we're in the same office for the last you know, 15, 18 years, all of us. And we discuss a lot of things and we see a lot of things and we see how people do well. Like Jimmy John's is definitely our vehicle. Like it's our number one. It's our, it's our bread, you know, breadwinner. But you can't put all your eggs in one basket. We've wanted to diversify. Uh, we see ourselves as we're young. I mean, I'm the oldest and I'm 39. So I'm the oldest of the three of us. And we just decided like, hey, listen, let's go try other things. And we've on on our own as well. If not just Tommy Group, we've gone on our own and done some things. Michael's got a company. I've got some real estate investments. We have some stuff together. We have a plaza together, a shopping plaza. We're going to buy some other stuff. Um, we have the vodka company. We have other things going on. And we just, you know, the best, the richest people we know have a main vehicle, and you got 2000 a month here, 5000 a month from this, 2000 here, just little bits of money coming in at all times. And then at the end of the day, your net worth is, is what it is. And you don't have to necessarily rely. And then we can get to a point where we can pay people more and bring more people onto our main business and we can be a little bit more hands off. Maybe we can go golfing once in a while and see what happens. Well, Anthony, <laughs> what we say uh, at the What Do We Do podcast and at Great Lakes Wealth, um, and this is for Sully's benefit as much as anybody else's because this is the only thing I think he uh, took Kyle from last year's all of the episodes. He's taken a lot. Come on. Probably, but this is it. And we, and we love him because he reminds us of this every week when we get together, which is the average millionaire in the country has seven streams of income. Yeah. And like you said, Kyle, just working for a company is a great uh, salary. Sure. It is uh, maybe security, some security. Certainly. But even if you do that, you need to have what we talked about last year, a side hustle, two yeah. side hustles, six side hustles. A lot of them can be passive, not active. You are definitely active with your Jimmy John's, sure. even when you might be doing other things. But you can, again, invest in a real estate building. Yep. And then hopefully that's just passive income. Right. So um, I think that's awesome. What you talk about. We also tell Kyle and Sully that seven is the average. But we want to be better than average around here. So we go the perfect 10, plus we put one extra on top <laughs> sure, of that. So not? the perfect 11 streams of income. So we want to hear about those other streams of income as well with you and Michael. Yeah, uh, because it's so important for the community around us to know that you got to hustle, hustle harder, work sometimes sure. smart, but that you have to have an understanding of how it works and how to get involved. Yeah, that's what we kind of say to ourselves. Is like We're working really hard right now. So in a few years from now, when our kids are, we all have, all, all three of us have really young kids and we want to be able to coach those guys and take them do stuff and have the things that we've worked really hard. Like our dad worked super hard and he never was able to, he got here way later than we did. He started life in America at 33 years old. You know, we started this, at tw I was 21. The kid, you know, he was not even in high school yet. <laughs> so like we, yeah, we're, we're so far ahead that we want to get to that point so we can enjoy our lives. And not that we're not enjoying it now by any means. We are having a great time. We do everything we want to do. But we're not afraid to go work. 
we're not, we were never given, our dad gave us whatever we needed, not whatever we wanted. And I think that was a huge, uh, you know, way of, of thinking for us that we got, we got, we got to bust our ass. This is what it's going to be. You know, our, our, my dad to this day, if you don't work in the stores, see ya, you're gone. You know, you're not gonna get the money whatever the case. This is how he, how he operates. And he's old school, you know, a middle Eastern guy. And he came here with nothing and made himself into what he is and kind of made us into the kids we are today. So well, we might as well do your, your big question for every guest that we have with Anthony and we'll get to Michael. And so we don't have to, you know, transition back and forth, but go ahead. I know this is your favorite part of the episode. Let's do it. Anthony. (laughs) So as the show is called, what do we do? Right? Well, you are on the mic right now. So I want to know what Anthony do and what that means. Anthony (laughs) is what would the current Anthony Tomey tell the 18-year-old Anthony Tomey if he could go back in time and share some advice. All right. So uh, when I was 18, I was I was just uh, all I cared about was sports: baseball, baseball, basketball, football, everything I could want to play. Uh, my goal in life was to become a professional athlete, which thankfully I was able to do. But um, I would definitely tell myself to work a little harder uh, physically. You know, like I was blessed with big, I was side, I'm a big guy, but I didn't really work as hard at like the, you know, the, the weight room and the running and all this stuff as, as I should have. And I would invest my money, take the couple hundred bucks I had at that point in my life and put them into some stuff and get some things going uh, and, and make it into what it is today. I mean, you know, 20 years later, I would have probably been a millionaire just off that not right. alone, nonetheless, having to put all the stuff I had to do today. So um, if I could go back 20 years, yeah, I, I'd, I'd go back and I'd just say, take care, just, you know, take care of yourself a little bit better. Make sure your, your mind and your body are all in sync together and, and make sure that you make the better choices in life. Like instead of going and buying this, you invest here a little bit here, a little bit there and still enjoy yourself, but like, you know, make it, make it the right way. And people, I try and tell this to all of our employees, like we try to set up plans for these guys to put a hundred bucks a month away. They, they can't do it. They're just, they won't, they won't trust us. I'm like, listen, this is eventually going to grow into something bigger for you. And they're just not in that point where they, they want that hundred bucks to go buy something different. Mm-hmm. And uh, we try to tell everybody this stuff. We're doing that for our kids already. We already have everything set up for 529 life insurance plans. And then my kids are not even a year old, some of them, you know, so we're getting there. I think we've learned our ways um, and we're trying to start way ahead of where we ended up starting as well and our parents as well. So, Well, Anthony, I appreciate that. Yeah. That's fantastic advice. And Thank we you, call it healthy, wealthy, and wise. So the healthy would have been working a little bit more at the working yep. out, right? The wealthy is certainly investing that money. We say $100 compound interest, yep. right? So that's the eighth wonder of the world is compound interest. So tell your employees and anyone out there listening or watching to go to greatlakeswealth.us. At the bottom, we have calculators. I'm very serious. You tell them to go there and click calculators, and they can type in 100 a week times you know 4% return equals this after so many years. You can show them, show your children. The whole community can see just how adding 100 here and 100 there will turn into thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, and absolutely bogey, millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. You've just got to start. That acorn turns into the big oak tree. Yep. Just give it some time and a little bit of water. Yeah. <laughs> and some sunshine, my man. Well, with, Thanks thank so much that, for coming we'll out. We'll get you out of the hot yeah. seat. Let, let's uh, let's bring Michael in uh, as well. And, uh, you know, just some fascinating stuff there. And it's funny, everything that we talk about, 
these guys exemplify the the different streams of income, the investing, the planning. You know, I mean, you say it all the time. You know, if you don't if you don't have a plan, no, no. If you what is it? If you fail to plan, you plan Bingo. to fail. Right there, you go. Yes, you got it. Hey guys, it's Bogey. I want to take a second to talk to you about Dewey Stefan and his excellent team at Great Lakes Wealth. Look, do you feel overwhelmed with managing your assets in today's financial world? I mean, think about the times we're in. Do you want financial freedom instead? Great Lakes Wealth offers Wall Street solutions with Main Street values. They sit down with you to develop custom financial solutions utilizing all of your assets, even your 401k. They build the future you want based on your goals and your dreams. That's what Great Lakes Wealth is all about. Thinking about you, thinking about your family, and thinking about your future. Simply go to greatlakeswealth.us to schedule an appointment today. They offer better investments and better service than anyone out there. Your road to financial freedom starts at greatlakeswealth.us. Please visit greatlakeswealth.us or simply give Great Lakes Wealth a call today. With that, uh, we bring in uh, Michael Tomey as well, uh, and you know we appreciate you, uh, you know, coming on here. We're certainly going to get more into some of the other ventures, you yeah, know, that you're involved absolutely. in, uh, you know, especially Eight Mile Vodka, you know, which you guys just purchased this past year. But just, I'd be curious to at least start from your vantage point. You know, you he was saying you weren't even in high school yeah. <laughs> when this kind of this journey began. So I guess. Learning through osmosis, learning by being involved, you know, you had a, a little bit of a different perspective on it because you literally went through high school yeah. uh, and started to grow. So uh, what has that process been like really for you? Uh, yeah, I mean, we opened in the summer of 03. That was the year after I graduated eighth grade. <laughs> so I started from the absolute bottom. You know, I came in uh, cleaning bathrooms, uh, just making sandwiches. Learned, you know, became a delivery driver, became a night manager, became an actual general manager while going through college. Um, I, I think there is a different perspective from what Anthony and I had. Yeah. Because Anthony came in, you know, boss. You know, I came in. <laughs> I'm under the people who work for me. You know, it's it's kind of a crazy dynamic. But um, yeah, it it was it was a crazy thing. You know, going through high school and. Having uh, having people be like, oh, you, you bring me subs. One of my favorite things was I would make a sub. You know, Tuesday night I'd close the store. Wednesday, you know, went to went to high school and uh, sold the sub for like fourteen, fifteen dollars. <laughs> went and bought myself a lunch for like three, pocketed <laughs> the rest of it, <laughs> and it, you know it was an easy thing for me. But um, yeah, just that uh, through high school, through college. I mean, it was it was a good experience. You know. It taught me in college while taking, you know, full-time credits, um, also working full-time. Um, it teaches you a lot of stuff, you know. It teaches you what priorities are in, you know, going out with your friends at night and this and that. And trust me, I got to do it, and it was fantastic. But it's it was, it was a tough experience, but, it, you know, it, it only makes you better. Obviously, several different ventures, um, you know, and, and we've talked about this as well, a, a credit card processing company that you've gotten involved in. So I guess what was the process and when did it begin maybe for you branching away from just, you know, the, the Jimmy Johns, you know, again, the vehicle that kind of drives everything and you becoming a businessman, you know, on the side and doing some other things? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Like Anthony said, our, our dad always told us from the beginning, like, you need to diversify, you need to diversify, you need to diversify. But it was very tough for us to um, take 
take what we had, like what we knew and like go into different realms of, of new streams. So honestly, it was pretty recent, um, where different opportunities came along. 2018 is when we first bought, um, the plaza we own in white Lake. Um, and honestly, that was our first kind of venture out was 2018, you know, from 2003. And, you know, with me being a little bit younger, you know, um, it was harder for me to say, all right, let me take all this money and do other things. But opportunities started to present themselves. And, you know, we were blessed enough to be able to say, you know, I got some extra money. Let me put it towards this. Let me put it towards this. Um, my, my best friend um, works for uh, a credit card processing company, and it was possibly coming up for sale. So, you know, he calls me and he's like, listen, you know kind of need some capital. I, the, the, the most, um, the most intriguing part about it for me was that I didn't have to do any work. <laughs> my, my friend had been working for that company for well over eight years. He knew, knows it front and back. So I was essentially an investor and, you know, taking half the company. So it was, it was a kind of a no brainer for me. Kyle, we call that a passive stream of income. Yeah, there you go. You know yes. what I mean? There's a lot of those out there. And if you can line a, them up, that's, that's a great that, way to my go. My goal in life was passive income. But unlucky for me, we bought the company f- February 20th of last year. Oh, boy. <laughs> so immediately, you know, the and a lot of our, a lot of our clients are, are bars and restaurants. And so immediately, you know, that money wasn't really coming in. Mm-hmm. Luckily... I didn't need to see money from it in 2020. And we did so well with it that I will get to see it in 2021. So that's great for me. So it's, it's crazy how timing is, is, is so important, but, uh, yeah, it was, it was a huge thing for, for me to be able to do that. Um, and in the process of that actually get going on uh, eight mile vodka. Which is and that's what yeah obviously I wanted to talk to you about as well because the the purchase became official August of of twenty twenty it would have been a little bit sooner had everything had else COVID, yeah, yeah not not going on but um you know if you can I guess take us through how that came to be how you learned about it when it became serious just I, I guess the overall story of you know eight mile vodka which by the way. Uh, you can find it, you know, Meyer locations uh, everywhere, or Myers, depending on uh, who wants to say it uh, that way. But it, it truly has grown a ton in in literally half a year since you guys took yeah. It over. Yeah. So, um, Anthony and I were actually throwing a fundraiser for our church, and um, we we really wanted to, you know, do well, and so we wanted. We said, let's use our connections and find us, you know, things that people want, you know. And one of our partners in 8 Mile, George, and uh, his brother, Alex, they own a travel agency. So we wanted to meet with them because they were offering us a trip to Greece. Who wouldn't want a trip to Greece? (laughs) So we went and met with them. And uh, in that same meeting, they brought uh, another friend of theirs, um, Mikey Eckstein. And he was coming to bring us a bunch of sports memorabilia, you know, sign things and whatever. We're like, okay, that's great. We can use it in our auction. So while we're in this meeting... uh, Mikey says, you know what? Uh, I got a vodka company that uh, is for sale. You guys want it? And we're like, okay. (laughs) Uh, So he brings this vodka in and uh, we won't have to name the name. But uh, once we went into, you know, once we tried searching it uh, and researching and doing, you know, our due due diligence, 
um, we found it really wasn't, you know, the greatest company. But in doing that due, dil- due diligence, we found 8 Mile Vodka and were pretty astonished at, you know, the work that the first owners had done to it. You know, they, they put so much money into research and development and getting the right logos and getting the right wording and getting the right uh, recipe. They did multiple things, multiple times of different recipes, and they finally got one they loved. And they just, they just kept running out of money. So they wanted to sell, and we engaged uh, probably February, March, and took over August, September. And so far, it's been beyond our, our expectations. So is that also uh, active? Is that passive? Is there a combination there? Are Currently, those... it's active. Okay. It, we are doing a lot to try to get, so obviously pandemic, trying to get this into bars and restaurants has been very difficult. Um, we've been successful in some places and other places they're like, listen, wait till we're open past 10 o'clock. Um, <laughs> so... Um, 11 soon. Apparently, 11 soon. Apparently yeah. it's coming. Yeah, maybe we'll get 11.15 by <laughs> May 1st. Talking to you, Gretchen. Uh, <clears throat> 50% capacity. Yeah. Double it. Gee, yeah, thanks. double it. But um, it's, it's, it's gone very well because it's, it's got, we've gotten into places for, for sale. You know, we've gotten into many liquor stores. We've gotten into many uh, gas stations. And recently, in February, as, as Kyle mentioned, we, we got into all the Meyer in Michigan and then a few in Ohio and Indiana. And Meyer just being a huge, you know, distributor in the, in the country or in the Midwest, at least. I mean, just having that, that visual presence is, was huge for us. But that doesn't just happen. You don't just, like, uh, you know, wake up and say, I hope we're in Meyer today. <laughs> it, There's an entire process. Right? Yeah, no, so, it's, it's, uh, people are astonished they're like that you got in this quickly luckily we built a team in eight mile that that helps us you know one of our partners uh mike bayoff has happens to be very good friends with the vice president of meyer it's all about it's all about who you know right so meeting with him did a presentation for him he tasted the vodka and he's like this is something i think we can sell meyer loves local products mm-hmm. they love michigan stuff and and that's what i that's one of the biggest things we we loved about eight mile is that it's a it's a local product and detroit loves detroit michigan loves michigan so it was a no-brainer for us almost. so it's manufactured here and um where is it on eight it's, mile it's, is it's it's close it's okay. <laughs> it's distilled it's distilled at uh valentine distillery in in ferndale eight and a half yeah, mile there you there go, you go. Yeah, so that's it, eight sure. and a half but uh, it's about as close as we could get. Uh-huh. But, um, yeah, he does a great job for us. Um, he's one of the best distillers around, um, and he he makes our recipe to the T. So he does pretty good with it, and it's distributed through RNDC, uh, which is the biggest distributor in the, in the Midwest. And so we have some good connections with it, and hopefully we can continue that. I'm just fascinated by the brand and the connection to Detroit. You know, the yeah. the bottle, you said the you know the the previous owners just did extensive work to mm-hmm. you know down to the wording, the phrasing, the the way that the, the there's a map of Detroit, you know, inside yep. the bottle and all of that. I mean, clearly you talk about local, you know, Meyer certainly is a, a local company and something that, you know, you can do, but I, I just think 
capitalizing on that relationship with Detroit and, and the bottle itself and the connection between Eight Mile and, and Detroit, I mean, it, it's so perfectly on brand. It's incredible. Yeah. No, it's, it's exactly what we wanted out of it to say, like I said, you know, Detroit supports Detroit, Michigan supports Michigan. Like we, it, it made it a no brainer for us. Are you surprised at how quickly this has all come together? Abs- I mean, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Did, did, absolutely. I mean, so I guess I would ask this then: Were you prepared for for how quickly this would happen? Have you had to kind of shift things into you know the next gear a little bit because yes. of how fast yeah it's taken off? Yeah. Uh, luckily, we when we purchased the company, we purchased enough inventory to be able to sustain this, but. We definitely had to ramp up, you know, production, and we, we were calling our the guy who makes our bottles in Ohio. We're calling this guy and this guy to getting caps. Our our the top of our bottle comes from Italy. Uh, we're like, well, we might need to get that cost down. Maybe we'll make it in the U.S. So <laughs> there's a lot of things that we were like planning on doing over a period of time that we've actually had to ramp up. Um, and actually, one of like a huge thing is is like I said, connections. Anthony's friend in florida played baseball with him within the tigers organization his neighbor is uh, a guy who owns a lot of the abc liquor stores in florida we're sending them a case see if they would like to he he wanted a case and he said i would i would love to put this in my stores if we think it's good and whatever so it's it's crazy well, i mean we is. could be in 100 stores in florida <laughs> well there is a draw there is a draw around the country for products in michigan whether they're just michiganders that have moved away but whether it's like hey ship me you know some punchkeys on punchkey day right. or ship me some conies you know down to florida so whether it's eight mile vodka or any of the other michigan brands um it's absolutely a way that you can you know grow yeah, and um, it's it's a, a fantastic thought, right? I mean, yeah. it's it's important to think outside of just this local community yeah, and absolutely. just the way you thought more than just Jimmy John's. Now you have Eight Mile Vodka, but can you spend a minute talking about the other types of investments or the portfolio again, without going into any you know um, part of it you don't want to? But you talked about real estate a little bit, so as you're looking at um, you know your specific situation excuse me, or your families, uh, I speak for Anthony if you want, but what is the, you know, Tommy portfolio look like now and what do you see it looking like in the future? Um, you know, if, if you can share some of that. Yeah. I mean, I think our focus is going to be and in more dif- diversification. Our focus is going to be real estate. I think, I think it's just such a, an incredible ass- asset. Um, I couldn't, we're looking into more plazas. Um, we're looking into land. We're looking into obviously not like major buildings because I guess nobody's working in them anymore. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, th- I'd say, I'd say real estate is, is another thing. Um, actually one thing that I forgot to mention about eight mile is in the eight mile purchase came an apparel brand called born in Detroit. Um, and so we own the, the, the trademark to have that on, on apparel. So, that's another revenue stream that we honestly think could be bigger than than Eight Mile. You know, I hope they're both immensely successful. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that's another thing that you know, Detroit versus everybody was a huge brand, and Made in Detroit was a huge brand. Who's to say Born in Detroit is not next? And that's another revenue stream right there that could that could be pretty big. Absolutely, um, that yeah. sounds great. 
No, it'll be fascinating to see how other states react to to eight mile vodka as well. You know, there's yeah. a ton of people who retire in Florida or spend their winters exactly. uh, in Florida, so that'll be really intri- intriguing to kind of you know check the numbers and see how people respond to you know a bottle like that all over the, all over the country. Um, Dewey, you already had a chance to ask Anthony the the big question. You want to put him on the hot seat as well? Michael, <laughs> listen. I'm ready. Don't don't sweat it. You know what I mean? Don't sweat the little stuff. This is nothing but just a little bit of pressure, you know, to see what you can come up with uh, compared to what your brother uh, came up with. But for all the listeners out there, all the viewers out there, this is now not what do we do. It's what Michael do. Okay, so the same question we asked your brother is what would the current day Michael tell the 18-year-old Michael if he had the opportunity? Uh, well, number one would be eat less, but uh, <laughs> just a little bit. But I think the number one, I think it would be make your money work for you. Um, like we said, our father was very conservative with things. And the fact that we only had $800,000 in debt after our first 24 stores is, is a crazy accomplishment. But it's also, I, I feel like I've learned in the last two years even that maybe that's not the best way to go. Um, it could, it it worked amazing for us, but I think debt can be useful to you to say, Hey, instead of, you know, when, every time we opened a store, we were putting our own money in rather than taking from a bank and which is good and fine. But what if we took that money and took money from the bank, got a, got principal and interest payments and this and that, but took our money and put it into a portfolio you know, brokerage account or did this or did that, how much more money could we make? You know, it's having liquidity has become much more important to us in the, in the recent, you know, past. Um, I think that that is a huge thing. So if I were 18 years old, I would say, Hey, like, make sure you keep this money in order to know, to have it when something comes up. Because there are opportunities we missed, you know, we didn't have money to get into this business that now does well and do this business. You know what I mean? So I think that debt can be your friend and make your money work for you. I think that's that's what I would tell well, we appreciate you guys uh, coming on. Obviously, uh, you know we look forward to seeing uh, more and more success with uh, Eight Mile Vodka, with certainly the the Jimmy John's franchises that you guys have here, and all the other ventures. Uh, Michael and uh, Anthony Tomi of the Tomi Group, please go check out their website, thetomigroup.com. Uh, if you want to find out a little bit more information and just continue to kind of follow their journey and uh, and learn a little bit more. Yeah. Anthony and Michael. From all of us at What Do We Do, we appreciate you coming in today. The words that you share with our community are priceless. You are absolutely on point with what you said. And we, again, thank you so much for spending your time here with us today. Uh, Sully, good to see you in the control room. Kyle, thanks for being here. This is episode 36 of What Do We Do. And Tommy Group, just like What Do We Do, it sounds like you're just getting started. 
The opinions expressed in this program are for general information purposes only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual or any specific security. It's only intended to provide education about the financial industry. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult your financial advisor prior to investing. Any past performance discussed during this program is no guarantee of future results. Any indices referenced for comparison are unmanaged and cannot be invested into directly. As always, please remember investing involves risks and possible loss of principal capital. Please seek advice from a licensed professional.